Welcome to What's the Finish, our weekly podcast where we talk to experts and individuals just like you to discuss not only the flavors and finishes of spirits and foods, but also all the flavors life has to offer along with the magnificent finishes they bring. So join our host, David Affariot, as he asks the question, what's the finish? David Affariot and Jeff Sessal, and we're here for What's the Finish, our regular podcast about the wine, want, lifestyle, uh, enjoyment around wine, and uh, how it makes our lives better. So uh, welcome to What's the Finish. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? I am doing great, David. It's a uh... It's starting to be fall in the, in the region here a little bit, so I'm excited about that. A little cooler weather, so and cooler weather is always good for the grapes, right? That's right. And uh, yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we are around the September here, the beginning of September, and we are several days into harvest in Champagne. So the grapes are being picked. This is the time to be doing so. Um, I like this because it's not as early as it has been in previous years, where August sometimes was the uh, the time where the Champagne region says, we're going to harvest, so we got to do it now. Um, it's been September. It's been well you know, into September, and I think they're in their last day or so today um, of harvest, which is, uh, which is a good sign. And uh, it says that the, the grapes, why is it a good sign? It's because the grapes have spent the time on the vines and they have had the requisite amount of sun and, and water. Um, that's about all I think I, we have out of the reporting that's going on uh, for the harvest, but there certainly will be more um, in the days. Does that mean the grapes are a little more um, uh, developed, I think is, is the word I'm looking for, right? So they've come to, they've gotten themselves uh, to the best flavor they could get if the longer they hang onto the vines? It's a trigger point. The answer is yes. They get to a point of ripeness where it's just ripe enough to harvest and then the sugar content that turns into alcohol from the yeast is is manageable. Cool. Uh, meaning if they are overripe, then the yeast can't consume all of the sugar and you the result is more of a sweeter uh, you know a, a sweeter wine or if if you stop the process or if you wait for the yeast for, for the sugar to be converted, then you have a very high alcohol level. Oh, all right. And that can be, you know, not great. Right. So it's a balance. But so if the grapes are ripe enough that they just have just the right amount of sugar, but not too much, then there's a nice balance of what the yeast can do and converting it to alcohol. That's not too high. And again, champagne as a rule, as a region, tries to keep the, the alcohol no more than 13, between 11 and 13 or so. So, um, that's kind of like the sweet spot that drives the decision. So how, how much sun, how much rain, you know, how, what were the conditions that produced a vibrant, healthy vine that, um, that got the grapes to ripeness over the growing period? That's great. You know, it kind of ties right in, David, to, to one of the things that I would love to learn more about. And that um, has to do with this wine wheel that, um, that you've talked to me about uh, several times and all the, you know, the biological pieces that go into the herbs, the spices, um, you know, the earthiness of things and, and the fruitiness of things. So do me a favor, talk to me about how this wine wheel, what, what this is and how it all works and, and how it can help me or our listeners understand all the different uh, wines and champagnes and everything that we're tasting. Yeah, you bet. Um, this is the, the real meat of our, of our podcast today. Uh, it's the wine wheel. And there are very, very, there are numerous variations. I think the original one was created 
uh, by um, at the University of California, Davis, uh, from a graduate student that wanted to be able to more aptly describe what are the sensations, both in aromas and taste, that can be perceived. And if you're, it's so many have kind of created uh, derivatives of it. We at Avid Vines have created our own, but it follows a basic premise, which is concentric circles from a inner core. And at the core, there's really only four categories of what aroma and taste can be perceived as when drinking wine. The results of this harvest and the results of the, the balance of sugars and so forth we've been talking about. Those four categories are fruity. Wines can taste fruity. Wines can taste uh, herbal or vegetable or have some kind of spice element to them. The third is woody, earthy. And the fourth is a chemical, biological, and chemical. So starting with that core, you've got fruit, herbs, vegetables, wood notes, and chemical. Talk to me about the chemical. What does that mean? Right. So this, the, the wine wheel starts with those four categories in the center. And then the next ring around it get, gets into more specifics within each of those categories. And then there's a third ring that really dials that in. So if you start off in chemical, you can't really get your way out. Um, and you just know that you're in a bad wine. You're something you're, you're in a place where something went wrong with the process. Okay. That's what I was wondering. It's not one to suddenly stop. Like at the first whiff, this is a great point, probably the most key in our conversation today. When you taste a bad, when you smell a bad cork, or if the, if you're being served at a restaurant, or if it's at your home and you get the first whiff of it and you say, oh, that's bad, you, you don't want to stop there because we don't, the wine wheel is meant to stop using the word bad or good. It is meant to start from that word and go further. Like you can do better than saying, oh, this wine is good or this wine is bad. Well, when you get when you have something that's bad, I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm encouraging you to taste it again. And the reason why you want to taste it again is because you can train your palate on what is not good okay. to appreciate what is good. And so in our wine wheel, from this example of a bad wine, you start off like, oh, that's chemical. Try to figure out, well, what is chemical about the, what is bad in a chemical way about, you've gone already better. You said from bad, it's there's something chemically wrong here. Well, in the category, as you go to the next ring, you can get to things like yeasty or pung, pung, pungent or, or sulfur or petrol. And you think, okay, sulfur, this, this wine, smell, taste, there's something, I don't want to do this again, but I'm going to do it because David and Jeff said so, and I'm going to train you know, myself so that I, I know. And sulfur can go into stuff like burnt match, um, sulfur dioxide, mm -hmm. wet wool, even a wet dog. Oh, wow. Um, pungent could be garlic, could be um, medicinal, you know, could be menthol. That's, you know, petroleum can go into like a kerosene or a plastic. So you just want to add words like an ornaments to this tree that you're, you're you know, you're, you're decorating. Um, and it all starts with that one of those four that are in the center Got it. and all that is meant to say when someone asks you "Ooh, the wine is what yes it's bad but go further well the bad it's bad because it's chemical and it's bad because i'm getting this burnt match you know um sensation when i drink this and now that i've gone that far i'm going to put it down <laughs> i'm going to <laughs> go on to the next bottle because this one is corked or this one yeah. is just but cork means what try to go 
where, where you think cork means. Um, now that we get that out of the way, let's go to some happier places. Yeah, right. right? Well, that's why I figured we, we take care of that one first. <laughs> exactly. We, we, yes. Um, so this is this, let's just start, go right to, to fruity, right? So wines, and I, this is what makes the most sense when I describe this in the center. If we start out in fruity, great. You've got the makings of a good wine here. So we've gone beyond good. Now you've closed your eyes with the smell and with the first sip or so you said, yes, this is fruity, but now cleave that you can make an instant decision to say, or instant decision on your perception about fruity in saying, is this citrus or is this berry? Ah, well, okay. We haven't even described if it's red or white or not, but we can go, huh? Well, this one tastes berry. Fantastic. All right. So within berry, you know, what, 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 what do you perceive? Do you, you know, now you're in that third ring, right? So you can be saying, well, this tastes like strawberry, or this tastes like raspberry or blackberry. This tastes like currants, like cassis. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, maybe you go another path from, from fruity. You're thinking, well, let's, I, I get more citrus notes. Fantastic. Citrus just opens up, you know, go farther. Is this lime? Does it taste like lemon citrus? Does this taste like grapefruit? There are other categories besides berry and fruit, like you could go to um, dried fruits or tropical, you know, does this take, so now you're even further, it's like, well, is this like fig? And, and just because you're in one category doesn't mean you're stuck there. You can go berry and then the wine itself may express itself at different points, the attack, the mid palate or the finish could bring out different elements where, boy, you know, this started off with blackberry, but then in the middle, I get this kind of like prune or fig note to it, maybe even a little raisin there. And that's that, you know, maybe the, the fruits were a little bit overripe, but they stopped the, the fermentation process to hold back on the alcohol and they're left with this residual sugar. I'm tasting that. I'm like, oh, good. Ooh. <laughs> so, you know, I, I get a little banana, you know, from this Sauvignon Blanc, or I get a little pineapple. There's some, there's something here that's tropical, um, that they've, you know, that that's part of this process. So the fruit part really breaks down very easily so that you're not that person stuck with the word. Hey, what do you think about the wine? Oh, it's good. Yeah. Go. This is this whole podcast and the whole wine wheels purpose is to say, go farther, go farther. Well, here's the question I have quick, um, before we move on to the next one. So does fruity always mean sweeter when people are tasting wines in for the most part? Great question. So, um, sweet, I, I, I almost discount the word. Your, wines can be fruity without being sweet. Okay. And that's what you should be tasting. Okay, cool. I was curious. Um, yeah, for sure. Sweet wines often, well, I mean, sweet wines can be sweet without any fruit to them. They can have that very kind of like, you know, cola or very kind of sugary you know, you know it's tons of sugar mm -hmm. um, and you just wonder like where's the real fruit in this um so rounding out the rest of our conversation from the center and the core we've done chemical we've done fruity and now you know you could add wood right so wood and earth um wood and earth can branch out into different two immediate categories so are we talking about like you know uh are we talking about tr woods like trees or are we talking about, you know, earth and like nut and, and nuts, trees come from nuts come from trees. So you could go there as well, but it's like trees and, and, and earth. Earth could be like, 
Does this taste like, you know, is there mushrooms? Is there dirt? Is there, is there a bit of leather, you know, in, in you know, in these, in, in this wine and trees obviously can go, is this, is this pine or is this mm -hmm. cedar or is this walnut? Um, is this even, you know, earthy can be as well, like kind of coffee is come from the ground. Does it have sort of, um, smokiness to it? Um, there's more though. You could go, you know, in, in our wine wheel from wood, we also get to like caramel notes. Okay. It's just like chocolate or molasses or, or, you know, honey or butterscotch and wood can go right into from a white wine as easily into a red here. Okay. Um, with those caramel and butterscotch notes and even almond notes. Um, clearly what happens often is that the, the, these wines are often uh, for some, some are aged in the steel tanks, others are finished off and aged in wood barrels. And it's the wood that imparts its kind of note to the wine to often either relax tannins or mitigate some of what the astringency that can, that, that, that wines can have. Depends on what the winemaker is trying to do in the region that it comes from and the traditions they're in. But the, you know, vanilla notes and, and coffee or, or sometimes smokiness can come from that, from that wood. Uh, time spent, you know, aging in, in wood, in barrel. And that's really, and so that depends on, on what region the wood comes from as well then, right? So that'll change the, the, the taste? Uh, sure. There's American oak, there's French oak, um, for sure. There's a wine out there that's called uh, Cooper's, uh, it's a Merlot, it's made in California. And this thing is like put into the freshest of wood and it's meant to like smack you in the face. Oh, really? Um, and I think it's called Cooper's Legacy. It's a, it's a California wine. I had it once, but it was like the penultimate example of what a, a winemaker wants to slap you in the face with a piece of wood. Um, I find no redeeming value in it other than to <laughs> actually taste it for the example of you know, there's still like uh, uh, resin and sap inside the barrel. They haven't right. even, I mean, of course they've treated the barrels, but it, it's just like full on, whoa, you could get a splinter drinking this. <laughs> uh, it's that crazy. And then our last category to kind of round this out in the wine wheel is, uh, you know, the herbs and vegetables and even some spices. So this is where you can go into your floral notes, you know, um, herbs and floral. Uh, you could go to you know, mint, eucalyptus, uh, you could go floral into like, this is where I smell lavender and orange blossom or rose. Um, there's even dried herbs. So this is where you get a little bit of like the tea and a bit more of tobacco and you can get some hay and, and straw, like, you know, barn, you know, kind of, uh, really? that can be very pleasant. Very. Um, sometimes you get closer to the chemical part within this and you can get to like this green olive bell pepper kind of like okay yeah uh, really really you know um you know kind of overly fresh cut grass uh, but cut grass is great too it's a fresh herb and that's where those notes can come in um and where you can categorize them obviously spices you have like um black pepper you can have clove you can have you know sometimes even uh, um, cumin kind of note to uh, to some of these wines and, um, you just want to be, you want to, there's no wrong answer. So you want to free associate, but when you are left without the wine wheel, it's like a blank canvas and you're like, oh, I don't I have no idea how to describe this. So I'm going to wing it. And I, I'll take even somebody who's winging it. who's just trying to joke with me and say, I'm tasting adventure. That's fine. Go for it. <laughs> but 
it because at least you're trying right you're, right you're not filling the void with a conversation ending word that says oh it's good okay great what else are we going to talk about now it's an exploration of your perception in in this present moment it's like what is what's flowing through you for all of the wine wheel provides it can still be overrun by how are you feeling are you feeling dehydrated are you feeling you know do you come to this meal and this and this wine experience you know full of optimism or has something you know happened to you and and again your humors and your your individual makeup at that moment affects your palate the taste buds you know your every everything going on with you at that moment but if all things are equal you know and and you're you're in a state of comfort and you're able to be in the present this wine wheel helps you describe what's going on that's great, David. This has been very educational for me. I got to tell you, you know, every time we do these podcasts, I, I, I keep learning more and more from you. So thanks for doing that. Hey, if uh, listeners want to get a hold of this wine wheel from their, from their, or for themselves, how do they do that? How can they reach you? Yeah. So this is one of the components of uh, our wine course, right? So this happens in, there are seven modules as part of the wine course. And we get to this wine wheel in the seventh module, which is consists of four lessons and we devote two lessons to you know each lesson is about six minutes long right so we've we've gone through a lot here but um the wine wheel itself is part of the course and we encourage you, you to to visit avidvines.com and uh enroll you know it's not going to set you up to take a, a professional certification but it is for those who appreciate and want to start their appreciation with uh for wine with a framework that framework goes from grape to glass and in the glass part of the journey, which is at the end, logically, we talk about the wine. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, David, thanks for this. Appreciate the education as always to our listeners. Um, you know, if you need anything, reach out to us at any time. We're here to help look for the wine course. Uh, it's a way to, to, to actually educate yourself a little further. So until the next time, we'll be good and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care.